Welcome to Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, inflation has come up and made the Federal Reserve happy. The CPI is at 2.8. Core, 2.2. That's close to their 2% range. It's great. The PCE, which we'll talk about later, not quite a 2 yet, but they raised here a little while ago. So the cost of Fed funds, true cost of money, is 2%. Great. I'll get back to that in just a second. Unemployment is still low. Uh, price of oil is coming down, even though I'm sure everybody's noticed that gasoline is up. Well, this is the high, height of the driving season. Record amounts of gasoline being consumed, and they're making some money right now. But price of oil is coming down. OPEC is going to meet. Venezuela, Iran, and Iraq want to keep prices high, production down. They think they're going to get that market back. Saudi and Russia want to bring it back up to get a little revenue going. It kind of goes on and on. Well, the JOLTS report, that is the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics showed 6.3 million job seekers looking at 6.7 million available jobs. It's the first time I have ever seen those numbers when there were more jobs than candidates. It sort of brings an immigration issue into the mix, and there are two very important immigration laws going through Congress right now. Again, that's going to be Canada and Mexico for likely candidates to fill some of these jobs. This is sort of a reminder to some people. Labor participation is a, is a number we've known for a long time. It stays around 63%. Unemployment down 3.8%. What is improving is what I call the people getting off the couch number. That's the employment to population ratio. It's a great calculation. But it's picking up. So there are more people out there that are succumbing to advertisements on the radio for $20 an hour jobs at the Safeway warehouse, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of things like that going on. There's a lot of jobs out there looking for seekers. So the well-trained ones, the smart ones, a lot of them are going to have to immigrate. The people that are already smart, talented, already have pretty well-paying jobs, so we'll have to bring them in. So tariffs are going on. Immigration is next. Consumer spending. Even though the biggest chunk, you notice, is at gasoline stations, well, they're driving and they're buying gas. Everything else is right in there. Non-store retailers, that's Amazon and its competitors. Everything else is pretty much in line. There's the CPI headline in the core around the twos, two and a halves, just where the Fed wants it. So they raise, now Fed funds is at two, prime rate at banks, if you're a borrower that gets to pay prime, is at five. So many home equity lines of credit and adjustable rate mortgages are gonna readjust this month to at least five, maybe a little more, depends upon your contract. So from now on, every rate hike is going to be felt more and more until the Fed stops. Now, the Fed has made 
well, hints and notices that they may have four more increases in their future. One on the outside, two in 2018, maybe a few more in 2019 before they're done. Well, let's say they really have the inflation and the motive to raise that many times. That would put Fed funds at three, prime at six. So in the worst case, the lines of credit and adjustable rate mortgages might be adjusting to six instead of five. Either way, it's not going to have a huge impact, but that's pretty much the extent of what the Fed's ball game is going to be for this cycle. Either way, we'll know more, but it's not bad news. Here's basically the banking business. The blue is available credit. That is unused credit that's already been cleared by the banks. The red or the orange are actually loans and leases that are out on the books now. It's still almost $10 trillion. Lending and the banking business has not slowed or been impacted much by these increasing rates. If the growth in these loans or this type of business levels or slows, well, then the Fed will know they've gone probably too far. Corporate profits, once again, were over $2 trillion this last quarter. The after-tax is way up due to the fact that corporate tax rates are down kind of a boom for them, they're still buying their own stock back. Profitability is right up there. The S&P 500 right now is kind of up, even though it'll probably be relatively flat through most of the year, is very happy with these profits, and that's what drives stock prices. This is going to be a huge issue once the Fed stops and interest rates stabilize. You'll probably see the equity prices start to climb again. Now, Brief return to tariffs. Here's the current account deficit right now. That's the difference between what we sold overseas and what we bought from overseas. The account deficit, meaning we imported more than we exported, is about 2.5% of GDP, $550 billion. Well, it's not a huge deal. It is the current baby of the media. You have to remember that number. It isn't everything. It's just a little piece of the pie. But Mexico, Canada, very important trading partners. We have a relatively straight deal with them. They buy as much, almost, as we buy from them. It gets worse with China. That's the light blue in the next one. And then there is Asia in general. That includes Japan, Vietnam, South Korea, the Philippines. Taiwan, Thailand, on they go. Those are also deficits. We buy stuff from them. But then at the bottom, there is the world as a whole. Everybody sells us stuff. We are the consumers. And this entire America First, well, let's call it a campaign, is to try and adjust those prices a little bit. So more of this stuff can be produced here or with partners that have more interest in keeping the deficit in balance. World Bank comes out with these kind of things, and you notice that the United States up there in the bright red has the biggest account deficit. We have the biggest import-export imbalance. We always have been. We are a nation of consumers, pretty much the only one on Earth. The lighter red, I guess they call it orange, 
or a version of orange is everybody else that has something of a negative account balance. And those that are very positive exporters that the only thing they, they do is export. You notice the big bright blue one there, that's Germany. That's all they do is export. China is the next one followed by Russia. China, low cost manufacturer for everybody. Russia, they sell oil when they get a chance. That's just the nature of the beast. This current program is to equalize this stuff as much as you can. Soon it'll be out of the media and we'll see what happens with American manufacturing once some of these import tariffs start to take effect. Now, if you're looking at buying a Buick SUV, there's a small one that's built in China. If it costs, I'm guessing, at $30,000, if the tariff gets applied to it, it'll be 37,000, 37,500, something like that. So you as a consumer can look at that Buick SUV and everything else that's in that price range and make a decision. Simple as that. Volvo's got the same product. Their sedans, two of their sedans come from China and they're relatively cheap, not for long. So people will be looking at other sedans, perhaps other than just Volvos. There's a 50% import tariff on cars brought into China from the United States. That's been there for almost two decades. Nobody batted an eye. Well, some of that's changing right now. Now, this is one of the things the United States is doing, which is helping the account balance and a number of other things. It's our crude oil production. It's almost 11 million barrels a day. We are the number two oil producer in the world right now, right behind Russia. How long this will go on? Well, we don't know, but there certainly is enough oil to feed the habits of the United States. We're also exporting those. When the price goes up, like it did a while ago, our exporting goes down. Don't sell it if it's uh, too high a price and the market is not ready to take it. Now that the price has come back down, we're exporting again. That's basically the nature of the beast. Well, we got a long time before the Fed has an opportunity to raise rates again. That'll be September, most likely. We're starting in the summer, so the financial data is a little flat, but I'll, of course, try and keep you up to speed. Again, if you have any questions or something you want me to cover in this Inside the Economy, send it to info at shwj.com. I'm happy to deal with it. Well, for now, thanks for joining me, and uh, I'll see you next time.